The following presentation is brought to you by The Realm Network The Bob Seska Show Presented by BubbleGenius.com From our nation's capital It is Tuesday, October 16, 2018 And this is The Bob Seska Show Presented by BubbleGenius.com My name is Bob, hello Hello, Bob Coming up on today's show Buzz Burbank for Buzz Burbank News and Comment is here uh, Mitch McConnell threatened to cut Social Security and Medicare Because of Trump's $800 billion deficit Damn it! Try to figure that one out. Trump continues to lie about what happened to Jamal Khashoggi and lie and lie and lie. Something's going on. We got to talk about that on the show today with Buzz. And uh, Donald Trump Jr. is a preening a-hole. No news here. I just I just needed to say it out loud again. He's a preening a-hole. What can I say? And the midterms are just days away. And now you can remind yourself to vote every time you wash by picking up Bubble Genius's Vote Soap. It's a five-ounce bar of sweet-smelling soap artistically carved into the shape of the word vote with a third of the proceeds going to resistance candidates across the country. Only $7 from Bubble Genius, but use our promo code BOBC. Get 15% off your entire order only from the newly redesigned BubbleGenius.com. And now let the cartoons begin. Broadcasting from Resistance Headquarters, relentlessly fighting back against the clown dictator and his regime of deplorables. Never give up, never surrender. This is the Bob Zeska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. Marcus Halberstram for two at seven. No, I want to know. Okay, I came here for the cilantro crawfish gumbo, all right, which is, after all, the only excuse one can for being in this restaurant, which is, by the way, almost completely empty. I'm very sorry, sir. JMB straight and a Corona. Would you like to hear the Double absolute martini. Yes, sir. Would you like to hear the specials? Not if you want to keep your spleen. This is a real beehive of activity, Halberstram. This place is hot. Very hot. Listen, the, uh... Mud soup and charcoal arugula are outrageous here. Yeah, well, you're late. Hey, I'm a child of divorce. Give me a break. I see they've omitted the pork loin with lime jello. We should have gone to Dorcia. I could have gotten us a table. Nobody goes there anymore. Is that Ivana Trump? Jeez, Patrick. I mean, Marcus, what are you thinking? Why would Ivana be a Texarkana? So, uh... Wasn't Rothschild originally handling the Fisher account? How'd you get it? Well, I could tell you that, Halberstram. But then I'd have to kill you. (laughs) We could not talk or talk forever and still find things to not talk about. The Bob Seska Show. Here we go. It is the Trump crisis day, 635, 21 days until the 2018 midterms. Three weeks from right now. Three weeks from today. Jesus, it's, it's, it really, it feels like a zit that's ready to pop. I swear to God, I'm waiting for that to happen like tomorrow. It needs to happen tomorrow. The suspense is killing me. Oh, hey, look, right over there. Also, the suspense is killing him, too. It's TV's Buzz Burbank. Hi, Buzz. Oh, hi. Hey, hi. thank you, Bob. You're doing the Lord's work here, my friend. Thank you. Uh, listen, I can't. I, we, we have to watch the time today because right after the show, 
I got to run over to the Saudi consulate to pick up some paperwork. I'm supposed to be there at a certain time. <laughs> Look out. And, and by the way, on today's show, the <laughs> phrase that pays, remember this if we yeah. call you, the phrase that pays is bone saw. <laughs> yeah, bone I know. saw is the phrase that pays. So that's, oh, that's my, those are my words of the day. I'm just waiting for Donald bone Trump saw. Jr. to appear on Twitter to make arguments about why bone saws aren't really bone saws or something. Oh, no, that's not a real bone saw. This is a real bone saw. How do you fly with one of those? What, how do you get that through TSA? <laughs> that's I, I, right. I mean, he didn't go through TSA, but but seriously, how right. do you get a bone saw on a plane? Especially when it automatically turns on while your baggage is still in uh, the, the baggage compartment and people think it's a it's your well, dildo. It's, it's, it's either no, a bomb or a dildo. Yeah, no, there's no motor attached to a bone saw. It's like a big, it looks like something you'd try to cut down a big tree with. It looks like something that two guys, two lumberjacks would stand on either side of. Jesus. It's, it's it's big and it's it's curved and this guy was an autopsy expert, one of the 15 men who flew in in the middle of the night uh, to, to hang out at the, the Saudi consulate mm-hmm. uh, there uh, in, in Turkey. Uh, it, one of them, it was, like I said, an autopsy expert who brought with him a bone saw. Jesus God. Yeah, and it yeah. accidentally hit Khashoggi in all of his limbs and all of his body parts. That just sure. Just, sure. They well, just they happen. You know, you lose control of one of the, those things and they just ricochet around the room like Daffy Duck. It was a hug that went wrong. <laughs> That's right. Hey, how you doing? Here's my bones off. There is something fishy going on oh, with all of this think? regarding Donald Trump. I mean, we already <laughs> yeah. talked about the new, this news story last week as far yeah. as the U.S. intelligence agencies are concerned that we knew that Khashoggi was being set up by the Saudi government in this, you know, as he was summoned to the Turkish embassy in Istanbul. And the thing is that uh, Donald Trump continues to behave. He's using the same line that he was using with with Russia, which, you know, for a while he was saying, oh, this could be rogue, rogue people, rogue mm-hmm. elements. I know. I spotted that right away. Yeah, yeah it was like a 400-pound know, guy in his basement excuse mm-hmm. again. Yeah, same thing. And it's either that he gave a stand-down order to uh, when it came to protecting Khashoggi, knowing what might happen to him in Turkey, or he knew about this and he doesn't want to do anything about it. And the most outward excuse is because of his relationship, business and otherwise with the Saudis. So are you suggesting, because I hadn't worked my way back in that direction much, are you suggesting that Trump knew in advance of Khashoggi's death? I think that's one explanation, that Trump knew in advance that Khashoggi was being set up. Because, I mean, we knew about, he had to have been briefed in a PDB at least, because the U.S. intelligence agencies, and they aren't saying which agency, my guess is the NSA, knew that something was up with Khashoggi and, and Istanbul and the Saudis, and they clearly, in a situation like this, that is something you absolutely informed the president of. So, But if the president wasn't informed of this and the intelligence agencies kept it under wraps, and again, we don't know which intelligence agency we're talking about here yet, yet, mm. uh, could be any of those explanations or finding out after the fact, you know, which is could be just as likely a, a, an explanation. Yeah, maybe more likely at least in my mind. I mean, the other's possible, but let's, you know, I want to I want to sort this out first and then we can work back to see when he knew. Uh but but clearly as you've suggested and and, and just as with the Russia investigation, uh Trump and this foreign country, in this case Saudi Arabia, are spouting exactly the same language. They're yeah. 
would seem to be, pardon my use of the word, collusion between Trump and uh, the Saudi prince uh, to, uh, to, ma- to try to manage this, to try to, you know, to handle this crisis that, that they find themselves with. I mean, this is a, like, oops, we killed him. Yeah. Uh, now what do we do? And, and, you know, that may not even be true. The, the intention, as you've suggested, may have been to kill him at the outset. Uh, the Saudis, of course, are now claiming, well, we were interrogating him and things got crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and we, these guys were rogues. As, and again, uh, this is the line from uh, Saudi Arabia. It's the line from Trump as well. Uh, these, the, maybe they were rogues. I, because, because, you know, we typically let rogues into our consulates around the world. Uh, it, it, this, you know, obviously there's something terribly, terribly fishy about this. Yeah. Whether Trump knew in advance Khashoggi was going to be captured and killed, I'm a little skeptical, but open-minded in this administration and uh, certainly uh, ready to hear any evidence to, to that. But I'm most concerned with what's happening now, which is this sort of uh, tap dance we're getting from yeah. uh, both Trump and the Saudi prince. Well, uh, what we heard last week, uh, I think we talked about this on Thursday, I believe, that uh, according to the Washington Post, uh, a source inside the intelligence community say they intercepted Saudi officials' communications, which revealed a plan to capture Khashoggi and get him to Saudi Arabia. Okay. It was un- right. uh, it was unclear from this whether Saudi Arabia wanted to then kill him or arrest him, or uh-huh. if U.S. officials made Khashoggi aware of this, the source said. So right. some, some details are unclear, but there are indications that the intelligence community was aware of some sort of setup for right. Khashoggi. Right. And so then the question is... Have to, yeah. <clears throat> what the we'd qu- have to establish is, did they pass any of that along to Trump? Yeah. Does Trump sit still long enough to listen to details, or is Trump alerted to all things Saudi? Right. Uh, you know, I mean, uh, so there are a lot of those kinds of questions to ask to finish that link. Right. Well, the question remains, and this is the ongoing question when we discuss anything having to do with Donald Trump, is what did Trump know and when did he know it? Was he <laughs> yeah. was he made aware yeah. of this sort of thing and, and right. was it right. in advance and did he do anything about it? Did he did he give a stand down order? I mean, these are possible. These are very distinct possibilities. The other explanation is that obviously something that he's addressing today is that he's now soft peddling it after the fact because he's got mm-hmm. all of these right. financial ties to Saudi Arabia. Him and Jared Kushner have very deep financial ties. And that answers the, the mystery that you spoke of at the very yeah. top, which is, uh, well, it's very simple. It's mm-hmm. it's all about the millions and millions of dollars that uh, Trump has, tens of millions of dollars that Trump, hundreds perhaps, that Trump has gotten from uh, the Saudis. So that's what this is all about. That's what he is all about is money and fame. Yeah, and it's so strange that on the heels of this Elizabeth Warren business, which we'll talk about here in a second, <laughs> yeah, um, he's now digging deep deep into a lie. I mean, he's really burying himself. I mean, he does. That's what they do. Yeah. That's yeah. What I mean, and that's what they do. Yeah. And, and this of course is way more serious than fudging your ethnic heritage, uh, you know, yeah. is considered to be, yeah. but I mean with this, you know, he tweeted today for the record, I have no financial interest in Saudi Arabia or Russia for that matter. <laughs> like how he worked that as if anyone was asking about that in this context Who asked about Russia. Yeah. yeah. Any suggestion that I have is just more fake news of which there is plenty. And you know, all we have, to do is go back to a 2015 rally when he said saudi arabia i get along with all of them they buy apartments from me they spend 40 million 50 million am i supposed to dislike them i like them very much and that's something he actually has said in public and there you go there's the there's the end of the mystery yeah i I think what we need to do right now and like i said i'm believe me i i know i feel i know this president well enough to 
uh, be open-minded about his involvement in any criminal activity. I have no problem making that connection. Mm. Let's find out what the Saudis did. And, you know, yeah. let's, I, I think let's reconstruct that story first and then find out what Trump's connection or involvement uh, was to that. Yeah, and of course, a lot of what we're going to hear, though, as far as any public accountability is, uh, from the government goes against Saudi Arabia has got to be filtered to some extent through the president because, of course, he's the chief diplomatic officer of the United States. He controls the intelligence community. He controls the Defense Department. So my question is, any further information we get about uh, Khashoggi's uh, obvious murder is going to be bastardized by coming out of Donald not, Trump's not, mouth. Not necessarily. Think about the Russia investigation. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we learned much of that from from foreign sources, uh, British intelligence, French intelligence, an Australian ambassador. Uh, we had a lot of people giving us heads up about that, and uh, and that ended up in the press. And I think you're going to see the same thing here, Bob. I, I they can Sure, they control a lot of the information, but they don't control all of it. That's and, true. And uh, as with Russia, there are... We have ways of getting this information out <laughs> that's true and you know the other aspect of this and i mentioned this briefly a second ago is of course jared kushner jared kushner is he's got uh all kinds of investment in his properties i think 666 park avenue is, isn't that partially owned by <laughs> yes. the, the saudis that whole debacle he's well, dealing they with. own at least they they own at least a suite there at an inflated price if, hey you know what it's an entire floor they own an entire floor there i see okay so meanwhile he's also very close with mohammed bin salman i mean these guys are, yes. are buddies oh, they've yeah. met many times president's inaugural trip has traditionally been into a neighbor, Canada or Mexico. Trump instead first headed to Saudi Arabia in May 2017, and Kushner was instrumental in setting the agenda. So instrumental that he says he got a sure. rabbi's permission to join his father-in-law on the Shabbat flight. So he got a special uh, dispensation for his Judaism right. yeah. <laughs> to, in order to go on this trip. Then uh, Trump signed a, a $110 billion arms sale can, deal with the country. You can say a lot of things about Jared Kushner, but he's kosher. Yeah. Kosher, you know, kosher Kushner, they call him. That's exactly right. You know, it's funny. I'm surprised that uh, Donald Trump didn't give his normal excuse today, which is that a lot of bad people, a lot of bad, bad, yeah. bad people. You know, whenever he's challenged oh, on do, some yeah. of the people he uh, deals oh, with. He's, he's even gone so far as to say uh, the U.S. does that all the time. <laughs> has, he uh, said, has he said that oh, about well, Khashoggi? Words, 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 words to that effect. He said... He's been asked about the bad things that, that Russia and, and oh, other yes, have that done. I know of. And he says the U.S. has done a lot of yeah. bad things, too, implying much the same thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, of course, uh, <clears throat> of course, he, uh, as I choke on my coffee, thank you very <laughs> much. Enjoying, Bob's enjoying a lovely beverage. <laughs> yes, there isn't a man, woman, or child alive who doesn't enjoy a lovely beverage. Thank That's you. Right. That's right. Um, so then uh, related to this, I think, as being um, similar in tone of voice, similar in excuse-making, uh -huh. similar in obfuscation, is uh, Trump's response to the uh, the question from Leslie Stahl the other day. And I think a really shining moment for Leslie Stahl, a shining moment for yeah. journalism in this country, that she really yeah. pressed him on 60 Minutes about yep. Kim Jong-un. The nerve of her, the nerve of her asking questions. <laughs> yeah, I know. What What is up with that, Bob? And is that, that going to start a trend now in journalism? Yeah, where they actually show <laughs> videotape of him saying things and then trying uh -huh. to get him to respond. And then, of course, he gets all <laughs> snippy. Uh, right. Snippy in, in his Donald and Trump And doubles way. down. Always doubles down. Definitely. Yeah. 
definitely doubles down. And I want to say before I do this, because I am going to play the audio of this clip so we can pick it apart. Good. I do understand, and this is an ongoing discussion I've been having the last couple (laughs) of uh, days on Twitter about people not liking it when radio shows and podcasts play Sound of Donald Trump. In fact, what I saw is a lot of people, I don't know if you've had this experience, Buzz, but a lot of people fast forward through any uh, Donald Trump audio clips because they're just so tired of hearing his voice. They say they do, or do you have a way of tracking that? They say they do, and so it is purely anecdotal. I don't have... uh, Okay, yeah. No, I don't don't use tape. I generally resort to quotes uh, for everything. I I almost never use tape. I actually... It's never been part of my style, and I I started to do it once, and people complained. So I stopped. (laughs) I stopped. I stopped about tape in general. It wasn't even Trump uh, back then. So I just dropped it all together. But yeah, it's it's no. This is different, Bob. I mean, this isn't like playing a a Trump speech or a Trump soliloquy or tape of Trump uh, talking to the media pool outside the White House. Mm. This is a real interview. And therefore, I think it's worthwhile. And 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 I think even those who hate hearing Trump will love hearing Leslie Stahl's handling of him. That's right. I hear the complaints and I do understand them. And it's not just about my show. It's about a lot of shows like Michelangelo Signorelli from uh, Sirius XM was talking about it on Twitter and that's how the huh. the conversation got started <laughs> and and I've heard back various people say oh man when you play Trump I do like Chez used to do I throw my headphones off my head and <laughs> stop listening for a, a minute until you're done uh, but, but that being the case I think some of these things are important if only for the historical record that we have documented on this show this atrocious thing and I, and oh, I sure yeah I, I promise I will not abuse this this liberty but <laughs> We'll be watching you, Bob says. <laughs> but I will play this clip from 60 Minutes because, wow, world-class asshole, world-class liar, <laughs> just wiggling and getting all stammery and, and cornered sounding, uh-huh. protests that he's not a baby, which has got to be right up there with I am not a crook. You know, Nixon said I am not a crook. Donald Trump says I, I am not a baby. But as you listen Jesus. to this, as you listen to this tape, <laughs> Uh, visualize Donald Trump as uh, not as he looks, but as <laughs> any random nine-year-old boy on a on a school school playground. Oh yeah, uh, and and listen to because the comparison to Trump and and uh, a, a nine-year-old boy of that same personality, <laughs> uh, it, it's once you. <laughs> Put that in your mind and listen to this tape. Yeah. Uh, you will see him as he really is. That's exactly right. And well, let's just dig in. This is Donald Trump yeah, on 60 yeah, Minutes yeah. the other night talking about Kim Jong Un. Do you trust Missiles? him? I do trust him. Yeah, I trust him. That doesn't mean I can't be proven wrong. Why would you trust him? Well, first of all, if I didn't trust him, I wouldn't say that to you. Wouldn't I be foolish to tell you right here on 60 Minutes? And then we fell in love. Okay. <laughs> no, really. He wrote me beautiful letters, and they're great letters. By the way, super sweaty, like Marion Barry sweaty in that clip. I don't know if you've seen it yet, Buzz, but the clip that they inserted into the 60-minute schedule of him talking, or the, the, the segment, of him talking at that rally, just glistening with sweat, like Trump's let, let, sweat. And that. Let, let, the, let the record show Bob thinks it's the drugs again. <laughs> That's exactly right. He's sweating like Nixon in this clip, right? Here we go. Yeah. yeah. We fell in love. I want to read you his resume. Okay? He presides over a cruel kingdom of repression, gulags, starvation, 
uh, reports that he had his half. So I love Hungarian gulag. I love this. My favorite dinner. It's the best. Yeah, we're gonna we can start a new company. It's called Trump Hungarian Gulag. <laughs> No, he's getting it all wrong. I was just, I was expecting him to say something about gulags just because he likes to say weird words like that. Brother assassinated, slave labor, public executions. This is a guy so, you love. I know love. all these things. I mean, I'm not a baby. I know, I know all these things. I know, but why do you love that guy? <laughs> look, look. Hmm. I, have, I, I like, I get along with him, okay? Look, look, look. This is Donald Trump absolutely 100% cornered. He didn't have an answer for that. So, so his response is, uh, "Look, I'm not a baby. I'm not. Ba- uh. I don't have anything he, to say. He doesn't have an answer for anything because no. his philosophy is wing it. That's right. It is. And I say, love him. Okay, that's, that's just like a figure of speech. No, it's like it's an embrace. Speech. Well, let it be an embrace. Let it be whatever yeah, it is to get the job He's a bad guy. Look, let it be what, what, what he won't say is uh-huh. when he said that I love Kim Jong-un and we're writing love letters back and forth to each other. He was bullshitting like he always right. does, but he'll right. never admit it. He'll never say right. to Leslie Stahl yeah. or anyone else. You know why I said that? I was bullshitting. I just was like, <laughs> yeah, just like that nine year old kid on the playground. That's yeah. right. I was duping the rubes. That's what I was doing. Exactly duping the rubes and which he does every single rally. Whatever it is. I get along with him really well. I have a good energy with him. I have a good chemistry with him. Mm -hmm. Look at the horrible threats that were made. No more threats. No more threats. No more threats. No more threats. (laughs) You can sleep well tonight, America. Well, about as well as you've been sleeping. Uh, I mean, he has no concept, Buzz. He has no concept of the lengthy list of national security and and foreign relations blowback that we're going to face because of his recklessness with North Korea, opening up diplomatic relations with North Korea at threat of a nuclear uh, attack. He, he, a, knows three, he knows he knows just a few things. He knows marketing. He yeah. knows the con. Right. The, uh, you know, he knows uh, hucksterism. That's that's what he knows, and then and that's all he knows. And about anything. Yeah. Well, what he does here a lot of times is he'll. He'll pick something out of a hat. Like he's gonna right. do he's gonna start talking to Kim Jong-un so he can say that he started talking to Kim Jong-un. Am I not right. the greatest president? This is no one has ever done this before. It is the greatest communication with North Korea in history. And he starts so he uses that as a bragging point, and that's why he did it. There's no right. actual purpose Re- for results, this other yeah. than no, and, results. Yeah, results are not important. It's yeah. the show. It's all for exactly. the show. The Donald Trump reality show that he conducts every day yep. and that's there's no end game here i mean there are end games mm-hmm. uh, i mean his use of certain uh, code words and phrases and uh, not always racial many of them are but uh he knows uh, like with elizabeth warren for example yes uh that's all about uh, uh preaching to his congregation mm-hmm. uh, about people getting things they're not entitled to and doing so by lying. That's essentially what he's claiming. Yeah. And this is this is one of the most common working man's complaints is that everybody else gets stuff but I don't. You know, and there's a bitterness and a resentment there and Trump uh, plays on that. So he and and he's, he's playing on the racism angle of mm-hmm. it as well. So, you know, he's pushing these buttons when he is conscious of what he's saying. It's about the the con. It's about marketing, it's about hucksterism. It's not about any 
other end result than that. You know, if he thought he could get away with it, he would run in 2020 on two things and two things alone. Pocahontas and 57 states. I swear to God, just to screw with us, just to fuck with our heads, just to <laughs> own the libs, because you know that would that would drive us all indiscriminately crazy. And I'll tell you exactly why. I can't sit here and say that I would just be immune to it. I, I of course, would go crazy right along with everyone else because it's the... It's the inconsistency of it. It's the fact that Donald Trump, according to the Washington Post, has told 5,001 lies since he first descended mm -hmm. that goddamn escalator in Trump Tower to announce his candidacy. He has told 5,001 lies, and yet... You know, Elizabeth Warren fudges a little bit her ethnic heritage, and suddenly this is a uh, this is a condemnation worthy lie. Like I'm it, not even sure she fudged. You know, I, uh, granted, it's a trace we're talking about, but it's possibly it's been determined through DNA tests yeah. that, that as recently as six generations back, mm -hmm. there was a Native American in her family tree, period, fact, uh, the end of discussion. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so it's like she's like 132nd or whatever that turns out. Well, they're be, saying it's, one, it's one, there. Uh, one over 1,024 or something like that. They're one, one, one thousandth and 24. I I don't know what how you would actually even say that fraction at, at any rate it isn't a lie there is a native american in her family tree you know and yeah. and, and as you more importantly perhaps is your point that it shouldn't it, it shouldn't matter but it does matter that the president lied about that yeah yeah and and it does matter that he makes a million dollar bogus bet that we knew was bullshit when he made it uh, but but then when it comes time to pay off, he's not even with the millions he has, not even good sport enough to support uh, the worthy charity uh, to which uh, Senator Warren has asked that that money be donated. Oh, he doesn't uh, have to, a million uh, dollars, Buzz. He he does not have the money. I, I swear to God, I don't think he's got the money. I think Donald Trump is is operating off of a uh, off of debt right now. I think his, I think his nut is so big. I think his expenses are so gigantic, and his debt is so huge. I mean, for God's sake. Like he owes what three taxpayers taxpayers cover a lot of expenses he's got a hundred million plus in his uh, 2020 campaign yeah well fund. that might be going to feed the beast i mean we know that he's 350 what 350 million dollars in debt to deutsche bank i think deutsche he owes 350 million dollars to deutsche bank alone right and right. that doesn't even take into consideration all of the oligarchs uh, the russian oligarchs that he owes money to so i don't know that he's got a million dollars to even pay off on that debt i think maybe, maybe. he's got ways to borrow that money but mm -hmm. none of it is his I mean, certainly he's got ways also to skim off the surface of other things where he can actually enrich himself through whatever criminal enterprises he's still engaged in through his uh, two idiot boys uh, who are still running the Trump organization. So, I mean, who this, knows? You know, and this <clears throat> is just not only is he taunting, uh, you know, this isn't just a case of taunting a, a political adversary or a potential political adversary. This is about sexism and racism. Yeah. Uh, and uh, this racism is part of a shockingly widespread pattern of same throughout his administration. Mm -hmm. uh, department after department after department 
people being removed after reporters have exposed their involvement with white nationalist groups with Nazi ties. This isn't made up. We're talking about uh, um, upward of a dozen people at this point uh, who've been forced out. Not the guy at the top, though. Not Trump. Not the not the source and inspiration for all this racism, whether it, it has to do with good people on both sides or Mexican rapists or, or whatever he's spewing, whatever hateful, uh, uh, crowd-pleasing uh, bile he's spewing at any given moment, uh, he he remains standing. But a lot of people have fallen uh, that he's made, that he's built his, his uh, administration with uh, have fallen because they have been exposed as out-and-out racists. Yeah, Buzz, maybe you can explain to me how exactly Donald Trump plans to take Elizabeth Warren's DNA test in person. The way he's starting to go. <laughs> yeah, see, now that you were talking about about uh, sexist, then uh, there's a, a double a double punch in his remarks there. Because first of all, he says, "I'm I'm not going to believe it unless I deliver, you know, or administer the test myself." And he didn't use the word administer because that's too big for him. <laughs> but he, however, he said, "I'll I'll do the test," and then and then. He added to that, but I won't enjoy it. Essentially, is what he said. That's, you know. Uh, well, uh, he, first of all, he's first of all he's he's implying that he's somehow going to violate her to conduct yeah. this test. Uh, that's that's sexist remark number one, Jeez. and sexist remark number two uh, about her appearance that she isn't pretty enough for him to screw. <laughs> uh, you know, and that it does it does not. Yeah. I don't know which is more insulting, uh, Donald Trump wanting to screw you or Donald Trump not wanting to screw you, but That's they're right. both bad. Well, uh, and, and you know, it's just a horrible thing to say about anyone, uh, but much less a, a public servant like Elizabeth Warren. Right. Well, it's just he's moving the uh, goalposts, which they well, always Well, and do. firing up the base. Yeah, That's what yeah. all of this is about. And what's mildly amusing to me about this, it's frightening because of its potential for the future, what's mildly amusing about this is they're going to lose. You know, yeah. it's not going to work. He, he, and the Republicans, for that matter, uh, the Republicans in Congress believe that the Trump base will carry them. Yeah. Well, uh, as you wrote uh, so eloquently this week, uh, uh, the independents, as always, are going to decide this election, mm -hmm. and not and everyone's motivated to vote: uh, Republicans, Democrats, uh, independents. Nobody so much as the Democrats, but the independents are determined to, and uh, they've shown a clear preference against Donald Trump. Mm -hmm. uh, and for change in Congress, uh, despite the stupid Gallup poll that I keep seeing about how Americans are happier <laughs> with Congress than they've been in eight years or whatever. Uh, I, don't know just, I don't. I don't know where that. I know. I don't know where that that crap comes from. Yeah. Because as you pointed out, among independent voters who are the ones who decide elections, yep. among them, uh, two thirds are unhappy with the way things are going. And you probably have memorized some of the other figures that I've forgotten from that. From oh that yeah. Royal from that Reuters poll. Yeah, I want to talk about that poll because it's uh, it's actually one of the better indicators that we've seen as we uh, come up to the uh, the last three weeks here of the uh, midterms. The, I think the total sample was 2,012 uh, uh -huh. people, which is more than what we've seen. It was also likely voters, which are, tends to be more accurate than just overall registered voters or all yeah, Americans. With, a, with an asterisk on that, too, because yeah. remember in previous polls we were talking about the fact 
fact that uh, people who never vote before are going to be a huge, uh, who don't usually vote, are going to be a huge factor in this election. And uh, if they're not considered likely voters, they're not even being counted, which tells me the numbers could be even bigger than are reflected here in the Reuters poll. Yeah, yeah. And there's lots of crosstabs to get to as far as that goes, too. Because right. if you really dig into the latest Reuters poll, it shows all kinds of good stuff, uh, pretending mm-hmm. good news for the uh, for the Democrats coming up here. So we'll, yeah, so uh, playing to the base, bottom line, playing to the base, is, which is what he's doing, is not going to work, period. So people are always asking me, Buzz, they say, hey, Bob. Bob. What, is, what is what is Beachbody on demand? I mean, what uh, is it exactly? Well, it's a streaming service that gives you unlimited access to a variety of super effective workouts that you can do at home, especially if you're afraid of going to the gym and all of the disgusting germs during flu season and all the, the yeah, weirdos who are, are you know I've had the, I've got this problem now uh, because I still go to a gym in addition to using Beachbody on demand, and uh, this this one guy who shows up every time refuses to wipe down the benches and the equipment that he used. Sweats all over it, then doesn't wipe mm-hmm. it. So I got to wipe them down first and then use the bench and then wipe it down after I'm done. So it's it's crap like that that I hate about going to the gym. So yeah. thank yeah. goodness for Beachbody On Demand. 24-7, I can get weights, uh, cardio workouts, from yoga to dance. Beachbody On Demand has hundreds of the best workouts and the most successful trainers and a support community of a million other people. Beachbody On Demand goes where you go with workouts from 10 minutes to an hour there's no equipment that you need. Work out on your own schedule with your phone, tablet, computer, or any smart TV, Roku, or the like. Already the best deal in fitness. Now, my listeners can try Beachbody On Demand absolutely free. And take it from me. Here's the my recommendation for you as far as the, uh, the workouts at Beachbody On Demand. There's something like 600 different workouts. The one I've zeroed in on is the Lift 4. That's L-I-I-F-T 4 workout with Joel Freeman. You're not going to regret doing this workout. I swear to God, I've uh, dropped at least five pounds of, uh, of fat and, and put on some muscle mass through this program. And you can sign up with a free trial. You can use that one or any other program that you choose from Beachbody On Demand. But you have to text the code BOBC to 303030 to get it. That's no spaces. Just text BOBC to 303030 to get Beachbody on demand. I swear to God, you're going to be looking great by the time uh, summer rolls around again. So start looking into it right now. The Bob Seska Show. The Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. Yeah, why the hell was Ralph Nader on television yesterday? And, and, and on MSNBC, no less. I don't know. Oh, my God. Ari Berman. No, did I say Ari Berman? I meant Ari Melber. Ari Melber. Uh-huh. There are like 12 different Aries that I'm aware of in politics. But Ari Melber had Ralph Nader on his show yesterday. Evidently, okay. uh, Nader's got a book coming out. Ah. And so, of course, Nader was on there for the segment talking about how the Democrats are lame and you shouldn't vote for the Democrats, et cetera, et cetera. So not helping, Ari no. Melber. Not helping at all. Why on earth would would anyone give Ralph Nader any sort of platform with three weeks to go before an election unless you're trying to deliberately undermine the Democrats going into that election. Well, you know, yeah, I mean, I, I share your feeling about this. I, I don't know how much damage Ari Melber did with that, you know. Well, if they, I, 
It may have changed a vote. <laughs> I don't. I don't. I don't know. I'm yeah. just surprised. Well, I mean, we're talking about elections now that come down to just a handful of votes in some cases. So every vote matters. And you get a bunch of people watching MSNBC going, "Hey, you know what? I think he's. I think Ralph Nader is right. I think. I think the Democrats are full of shit. So you know what? I'm going to go in and I'm going to vote for third party candidates. And that. Yeah, I to some degree, and I think some of that has faded. Uh, we had uh, that. <clears throat> excuse me. Really reached its peak in 2016. Uh, and and it's still out there. I still see it. You do yeah. too. But I, it seems uh, smaller and less enthusiastic than before. That may be true, but I, I, I just, don't know. I, I just know. I we'll still see. feel like any any lost vote is the potential for a lost election. As far as uh, you know, we've got 435 House uh, campaigns running right now. Um, you know, we've got all kinds of state and local races. We're just we're, we're like wafer thin margins are deciding in some I know, cases. I know the yeah. Democratic National Committee did what I thought uh, seemed like a smart thing, and that was uh, it took a number of steps uh, this past summer, early in the summer, I believe, mm -hmm. to be more inclusive of the more progressive elements of of progressivism, yeah. uh, and and they picked up some some Bernie people uh, to to work together with them, because as you and I have both said before. Uh, the Bernie people, and for that matter, to some degree, the Nader people, all that seems feels a little dated at this point. Mm. Uh, they, they have some excellent contributions to make. They have some, they have some ideas that could, instead of opposing our the party and opposing the Democratic Party, <laughs> make the party stronger. Yeah, uh, make the party better. If fix the things you do not like about the Democratic Party, rather than start a third party, we're already seeing changes within the Democratic Party itself. I not enough. I mean, I, you know, I, I, I too am tired of seeing certain faces, but these are people of experience, and until somebody better comes along uh it's it's what we have yeah. but but there are a lot of young people uh, younger candidates and leaders coming up through the ranks of the democratic party and coming up rapidly and visibly uh with some of these progressive ideas so i i i want to see us unite rather than divide those two aspects of progressivism. That's true. That's true. But, you know, it's much like uh, certain elements of, or I would just say the whole, the whole entirety of Trumpism. There mm -hmm. are some on the left who are just immovable. And unfortunately, they go in and they vote and they yeah, sometimes swing yeah. elections. And we saw Jill Stein making the difference in yeah. Pennsylvania, Michigan, and Wisconsin in 2016, where if you take out Jill Stein's votes, Hillary Clinton is president right now. If you move those Jill Stein votes over to Hillary Clinton. She's president today and not Donald Trump. So I mean, we're talking I, I about- I say this, I say this with the greatest of love and respect. If you're a Jill Stein supporter or something <laughs> of that ilk, <laughs> you need the same medication Kanye West needs. I'm sorry. I love, I tell you this. No, I tell you this because I love you. Yes. I do. You, you, you're not well. Right. You have a problem. There's something not right, and you need to have that looked at. That's all I'm saying. I, and I, again, with love and respect, I, I want you to have an opinion. Uh, and and but uh, the, no, there's a certain. I guess what I'm saying about those those diehards that you're talking about, Bob, is we're never going to get them. They're part yeah. of that previously cited 15 percent of insane americans mm. uh that, that you know you're always going to have in any survey any poll any political opinion they are that fringe that doesn't fit in 
anywhere. Yeah, yeah. And I, I wonder how well Cenk Uger is doing these days and his podcast, <laughs> uh, The Young Turks, because he's one of these guys who wants to do that. And, and the, the entire goal of this is to say, and the, the counter-argument to Buzz Burbank is, well, mm. you know, voting for third-party candidates is the only way we get the Democrats to move in our direction. Vote and, our conscience, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Nonsense. It's absolute <laughs> yeah. nonsense. We're not, let's not monkey with things now when we're in the midst of an existential crisis for American democracy. Timing is everything in politics. If your timing is off, you're creating one disaster after another. But if your timing is right, maybe you can make some change. Think about the timing in all of this. Is it a good idea right now to undermine the only party that exists as a bulwark against Donald Trump? I think the answer is no. And if your opinion is, like Susan Sarandon, well, you know what? Out of the disaster will come this phoenix of progressivism. Well, good luck with that argument, too, because right now we're seeing the number two in the underpants gnome uh, business model. We're seeing the question mark, question mark uh, step in this process, and it's not good. It's it's yeah. it's damage to this country. It's damage yes. to the office of the presidency. Day-to-day damage in terms of our discourse here, and it's all being led by the president of the United States, who now today is calling Stormy Daniels horse face on Twitter, for God's sake. This is the kind of dialogue that we're looking at from future presidential level politicians, if we're not careful with this and unless trumpism is is destroyed with fire unless it's humiliated out of existence there's going to be more and more of this crap and the people who vote for third party are just inviting more of it they're just inviting more advantages for the republicans to take over let's try a little psychology boy it would sure be a shame If some of those uh, Sanders progressives and the type, it sure would be a shame if they somehow infiltrated the mainstream Democratic Party and tried to affect change within. I sure hope that doesn't happen. Maybe that'll work. Let's try it. <laughs> good luck. Good luck with that. I've tried that myself. But here's uh, here's here's some good news in all of this, Buzz, uh, regarding the midterms and uh-huh. and uh, where we stand right now with independence. As you said uh, quite astutely, is that. It's independents who decide these elections. You know, they tend to be the swing voters. They tend to be the undecided voters going into a campaign, uh, going into an election day. And in this case, they're all swinging toward the Democrats. Um, First, we had this CNN focus group, which was just outstanding to watch. These six people, they voted for Donald Trump. They identify as independents. And now they're saying that this guy's a dictator. This guy's cozying up to Vladimir Putin and Kim Jong-un. And that uh, on top of all of that, uh, you know, there were a few of them who were just completely turned off by his treatment of Christine Blasey Ford. I mean, these are independent voters. And if they're in any indication, uh, there's going to be some bad news for Donald Trump in three weeks and making matters even worse for Donald Trump are the results of this poll that we were talking about, this Reuters-Ipsos poll, which shows... Here's what I... I, I can complete uh, the gnome uh, equation here. <laughs> you have... <laughs> say, you, you've got Donald Trump. You've got uh, highly motivated Democrats. Yep. M- the most enthusiastic group of voters next to women. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and you've got independents who have made their preference in this clear. Uh, and you have, again, uh, those people who don't usually vote and may not be being counted yeah. in the polling that we're already seeing that showed Democrats in the lead. Uh, it's so important. I'm, I, I know how 
likely it is we could lose uh, our attempt to overtake the Senate. I, I, mm. I realize that uh, defeat in, in trying to claim the Senate is entirely possible, if not probable. Yeah. I realize that. I realize the odds are very, very tough here. But it is possible. Mm. And if there are people who aren't being counted, and if the independents truly decide the election, and if you have this uh, Trump-motivated enthusiasm from Democratic voters, I can't help but be be optimistic, cautiously, yeah. but optimistic uh, three and a half weeks out from the election. Yeah, and, and I think that optimism is well-placed here because we're talking about this uh, this Reuters poll. Overall, uh, Trump's approval, uh, according to this poll, is minus 15. 57 disapprove, 42 mm-hmm. approve. And, right. and what we're talking about here again and it's one of only two polls that are polling likely voters. We've got Reuters right. and we've got Rasmussen is also polling likely voters, but they're only polling 1,500, and we know they're heavily weighted toward the Republicans. Right. But Reuters is much more even-steven as far yes. as that goes, plus they've got more uh, uh, voters in their sample, and we're talking about likely voters. So mm-hmm. we've got we've got Rasmussen, obviously the big uh, ridiculous outlier, showing Trump as at, usual. As right. usual, at, at plus uh-huh. two. But Reuters here, which is, I think the more reliable poll, at minus fifteen, which is yeah. gigantic. Now, mm-hmm. you dig into the cross tabs, and we start to see some of the opinions reflected in that uh, uh, CNN focus group. We start to see these uh, bearing yes. out in the numbers as well. So, sixty-six percent of independent voters believe the nation is on the wrong track. That is so crucial to know. In addition to Trump's uh, disapproval, knowing that the nation is on wrong uh, on the wrong track by that margin is is huge and again we're talking keep going. about don't don't stop keep going like, i want to hear more like likely voters and in independence <laughs> you just think we're on the wrong track a plurality I, I have a feeling i have a feeling the rest of this news is even better keep going this all gets better and better and better a plurality of 28 percent of independent voters believe health care is the most important issue. Trump is now meddling with pre-existing conditions, by the way. Oh, yeah. And oh, yeah. and Mitch McConnell just threatened to go after Medicare and Social Security today, too. Yep. Yep. So yep. Be- look at these numbers very closely. 28% of independents believe health care is the most important issue, and that is the, the largest number of the batch. So that is a plurality, uh, 28%. Plus, mm, right. Trump's approval number on health care is an anemic 37% overall. Yeah. So yeah. Trump is in trouble on health care, and independents think that health care is the number one issue. That is a huge thing to keep in mind because we're talking about kitchen table issues here. Health care is a right. kitchen table issue. People want to know. Yeah. And, and people do, even if they don't know the details, they know what's going on. Yeah. They, know, yeah. they know what's going down. Well, meanwhile, 45% of independents strongly disapprove of Trump. 45% strongly disapprove, which matches the all-likely voters category, too. And this includes somewhat disapprove, or including somewhat disapprove, a total of 60% of independents right. disapprove right. of Donald Trump. Yeah, yeah. that's my takeaway from all this, is yeah. uh, 66% of independents unhappy with the direction of the country, yep. 60% uh, disapprove of Donald Trump, 45% of those strongly disapprove of Donald Trump. Watch. These, are the, these are the independents who decide the election. Yep, yep, and watch for this on election night uh, or the mm-hmm. day after uh, because 
the independent vote is going to be something that I swear to God, people are going to be talking about that uh, the night of the election, if not the day after. Well, certainly the day after, because I think it's going to be these independent voters and their discontent with Donald Trump that's going to make the result of this election, the big takeaway of this election, is a referendum on Donald Trump's presidency, that people are rejecting, independent voters are rejecting Donald Trump in this election, and that's what's going to swing everything wildly towards the Dems, I'm thinking at this point. By by the way, uh, it, it just again, <laughs> making this about me, I, I noticed it. I noticed that you chuckled a little bit when I when I said we at, at some point, and and the truth was you detected my discomfort with that, and and I it is it is new to me uh, claiming to be among the Democrats, and I, I just for my own you know good feeling about this, I just want to clarify that I am Democrat by default. I have yeah. no great love for the Democratic Party uh, that uh, that I know some of our more progressive friends may believe, and certainly uh, many conservative people believe that I am a Democrat. I'm a Democrat by default. I'm a Democrat because I'm not going to vote for those guys. Uh, (laughs) And so, and because I want to be on the side that defeats those guys, that's why (laughs) I'm using the word we. And I do this as a journalist and as a citizen. uh, And and on that subject, let me get something else off my chest if I may. (laughs) And and I'm so glad you let me come in and do this once a week. (laughs) Yes, indeed. The other thing, thing, and I I read a column about this. I was very pleased to see it because I have felt it from the very beginning. The news media needs to start calling them lies. The news media needs to stop spreading Trump's lies. You can report without spreading. You can report and fact check Mm -hmm. uh, instead of just letting this stuff fly, which you have been doing, I say to most of the mainstream media, since the campaign, maybe since forever. Mm -hmm. Uh, But but this has got to stop. I know you want to be fair. I know you want to be objective. I don't think objectivity is possible in a human. Humans are subjective by nature, but we can have that conversation another day. But it, call a lie a lie. If you want to have credibility, you can't say that the emperor has nice clothes when he is clearly <laughs> nude. Right. So call it what it is. You know, I, I, I'm so maddened by, by this. I've yeah. been doing it from the beginning. Mm-hmm. If it's a lie, I call it a lie. It's a lie. Yeah, some editors have been reluctant because they say, well, if you're going to call it a lie, you have to prove intent. No, I don't. If it isn't true... It's a lie. Yeah. It's that simple. And I, I think I think if you want people to uh, think you're credible, if you want them to to believe what you have to say, don't bullshit them. You know, yeah. you tell them tell them what it is. Mm-hmm. And and thank you. I just those are things I just needed to get off my chest. Well, yeah. Going back to your original point of order there about we. I mean, that's something. I'm glad you brought that up because that's something that I occasionally will do. I'll occasionally uh-huh. use the pronoun we to describe Democrats. Mm-hmm. The fact is, is that I I generally try while I. I am a registered Democrat, and I do typically vote for Democrats in every right. single election. I, at the same time, I consider myself a, an observer on the outside looking in and writing about what I see. And typically, if I inadvertently include myself with the Democrats, that is one of those things where I, I, I don't intend to couple myself with the Democratic Party. That's not 
That's not part right. of my job. My job is to observe the Democratic Party, comment on the Democratic Party, ultimately on a personal level, vote for the Democratic Party. So I, I really try to avoid the use of the word we, although it slips out all the time. I, I, uh, as I just a citizen, can't help it. Yeah. As a citizen, I have a duty to participate yeah. in, in the process. We all, as citizens, have a civic duty to vote, serve on juries, and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, serve the military when it's absolutely positively necessary. Uh, but, but you know, it, it, I don't know. It just, I, I just think it's important to clarify that yeah. and to say that I'm here because I don't want to be one of the people who uh, thinks that the, the the white nationalists are good people, uh, just as the folks who were protesting against them are. I don't want to be part of that group. No, and and so many other things. I'm over here because I don't want to be over there. <laughs> not not because I yeah. love it over here. The other man's grass is browner. That's why I'm over here. <laughs> That's a great way to put it. Uh, let's get back to this this poll real quick because there's some more interesting uh, yeah, developments here along these lines. Oh, that's we, okay. That's we fine. just had we had some business to take care of there. <laughs> and, some business uh, slash yeah. end point of order. Um, yes. Okay, Sorry. a plurality of 49 yeah. percent of indies disapprove of their congressperson. So uh-huh, this is uh-huh. also a, a gigantic number that we keep in mind. Huge uh, for the we, midterms, yes. Yeah, 49% disapprove of their congressperson. Uh, these mm-hmm. are independent voters, once again. The highest number in that particular category, higher than even the Democratic voters, in fact. Wow. Uh, meanwhile, 77% of independents disapprove of Congress overall. This is going back to what you were mentioning earlier, Buzz. I know this stupid this stupid Gallup poll that uh, keeps getting publicized this week that says Americans' approval of Congress is the highest it's been in eight years or whatever period of time they've assigned to it. Uh, I, I don't see where they're getting that or why or why yeah. people would respond that way. Uh, I, I can understand Republicans responding that way, but they don't constitute a majority, so I'm not sure – where that poll came from. Uh, this uh-huh. is among the Gallup polls among all Americans. It's not right. It's not just registered voters, not even likely voters. It's they're just polling random Americans, which is yeah. just is like a shotgun effect. Of course, Ga- you know, Gallup is starting to sound very Rasmussen to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, you know, I don't know how they weighted that poll. I have to look at the cross tabs mm-hmm. for that. But the fact is that it was only 1500 uh, people, a sample size of 1500. And there was all which is just so big and ambiguous. Like like CNBC yeah, did a poll recently that was 800, uh, a sample size of 800, and it was all American. So the important number in these things is, of course, the likely voters. That's going to give you a more accurate read in terms it's of what's going to happen. Come. And, and yeah. that, even that's not close enough in this election, I contend, but it is as close as we can come. The, the big takeaway in all of this, Buzz, as we go into uh, this, the last three weeks here, is that I think there's a very serious uh, epidemic of Trump fatigue out there, especially among Good. independent voters. I think independent Good, voters true. are just sick and tired of the show. We've also seen Fox News Channel pull back Not from this the show, of- Trump show. <laughs> right, right, the Trump show. <laughs> The Trump crisis, they're tired of hearing Trump's voice. They're trying to see, like, uh, like lately I've been comparing it to uh, just Donald Trump coming up and tapping me on the shoulder every five seconds. It's, Bob. What? No. Bob. No, stop it, Mr. President. You're not going to get me this time. Bob. Oh, yeah, here we go. Now i got to cover Trump again. He just won't. Bob. Oh, stop. Leave me alone. And it's just, and that's what everyone is experiencing now. And that's what some of yeah. these people in this focus group on CNN were saying. They're just tired of. Bob. They're, ti- <laughs> they're tired of Donald yeah. Trump tapping them and on I the shoulder and getting in their faces all the time. You and I, you and I predicted that, I think, some months 
months ago and hoped yeah. for it. I think we were hoping that that would be a factor. And now, uh, as uh, we approach election eve, that uh, clearly appears to be a factor. That's uh, that's something we wished for. And so I have to be a little excited that we got it. Oh, I'm so glad we got fatigue because <laughs> that's going to that's going to help. Hooray for funny, fatigue! Funny, funny we find the things. Uh, funny the things we find ourselves wishing for these days, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, there are several things. I think, first of all, I think the Kavanaugh business is going to be a distant memory by the time we get to November 6th. I think that is not yeah. going to play a factor in, in the election at all. If it does, uh, maybe a little teeny tiny thing here or there. And I'm talking about on the Republican side. Everyone yes, was saying okay, that the Trumpers right. are going to be energized yeah. by, by the Democrats overreaching on Kavanaugh. And I think that is ancient I, history now. It's I been, had, yeah. It's been I had wished, I, I'd wish, I'm sorry, I'd wished and hoped for that also. Yeah. And that also appears to be coming true. Uh, we won't know, of course, until Election Day. But I know this, Bob. I know that Democrats will not lose their enthusiasm no. about the Kavanaugh decision uh, when November 6th rolls around. I just I wanted to get that in because despite uh, the what the fading of Republican enthusiasm that we had predicted and hoped for, uh, that uh, the Democrats, I think, are as fired up as ever, if not yeah. more so. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm not 100% confident in the outcome of this coming up election, but I've got a lot of good news pointing to a positive outcome. Mm -hmm. I think the facts mm -hmm. are on the ground or showing... A, a possibility of a bigger sweep than we thought, maybe even yeah. including the Senate. I mean, I don't know. I mean, Heidi Heitkamp, the numbers are all over the place. Heidi Heitkamp won yeah, last yeah, time, even though yeah. she was 10 points down in the poll going into the previous uh, re-election campaign. So these are all factors that we have to think about. Fox News doesn't want to talk yeah. about or doesn't want to run Donald Trump's Nuremberg rallies anymore. And on top of all of that, $800 billion deficit announced this week with yeah, Mitch yeah. McConnell handing the Democrats a gigantic gigantic like sloppy wet french kiss with his hideous turtle mouth he is he is doing the democrats such a favor today by talking about medicare and social security all the while i mean talk yeah. about a lack of message discipline you got trump on one hand saying the democrats are going to destroy medicare and on the other hand mitch mcconnell is talking about what destroying medicare because of the deficits. He's blaming the deficit right now, not on Donald Trump, not on his own spending. And remember, Mitch McConnell and Donald Trump control all three branches of government right now. So it's no one's fault but theirs that the deficit has gone up to $800 billion again. And uh, on top of all of that, it's only their fault now that they're gonna, they've decided to go after what they call entitlements, Medicare and Social Security, right before a midterm election when who votes the most? Old people vote the most. So this right. is all. This is creating a perfect storm right now. And again, with three uh, weeks to go, there's still so much that can happen. But it's the the window is narrowing for something like that to actually some some sort of mitigating event to happen. If everything continues to go the way the way it's going today. Um, there's going to be a lot of good news on November 6th. I, that, I yeah, really now you started, you, you just listed like three things and I couldn't <laughs> grab my pen yeah, fast sorry, enough. Sorry, sorry. I got, I got the last part yeah. about, uh, the, the, uh, the entitlements and how that's going to screw Trump's base, but I wanted to address the other two. Do you recall what the two were leading up to? Well, I, I, I I'm sorry to put you on the spot like yeah, that. Yeah, that's a, that's I wanted to jump in, but you were on a roll. I, I. 
I have. I think there was. Well, there's okay. Trump, there's Trump fatigue. There's the deficit. Yeah. There's um, Fox News isn't running the rallies like they used to. That might be that's, a factor in all of this. And yeah, and I think yeah, though, I wanted to address that. That was the second thing. That's that goes to fatigue. Yeah. That uh, even even Fox News and its audience have grown tired of hearing what is essentially the same speech over and over again. So he's alienating the base. Uh, he's losing. Not losing, but his grip is slipping a little bit on Fox News, just a little bit, yeah, just a little bit. But that's you know more than we expected to see. And I really wanted to talk about whatever that first thing was, but neither one of us can remember it now. <laughs> I really, I have no recollection what I was mentioning. Uh, I, I, we got we got the Medicare thing right. We we talked about <laughs> yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, but and like and like the deficit and everything else. Th- these are not going to play well with the, his base. This is. This is definitely going to hurt him and is therefore a good sign for the Democrats. Uh, the fatigue, as you mentioned, uh, certainly a good sign and reflected in the Fox News decision to not carry at least one of his rallies. I understand they, I mean, they had to phone, they had to do like a make good. They they phoned him up and put him on another show yeah. uh, because he was a little miffed, a little hurt that uh, they didn't carry one of his shows live. Was the other thing uh, Kavanaugh receding into the... Uh into the rearview mirror further and further. Yeah, yeah, it could be accepted. I, you know, all I would say about that is what I'd said before, which is uh, the Democrats haven't forgotten, even if the Republicans do. It's easy for them to be, as I said, uh, I think last week, to be sated. Uh, they got their guy. You know, all is right with the world. We got our Supreme Court. We got our president. We got our Congress. It's all good. Yeah, you know, he wants us to vote. But, and you know, there's. I think there's more spoken drive on the Republican side than there is actual drive. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I, you may remember from radio, you had active listeners and passive listeners. You had uh, you had active listeners, people who actually called the show, represented only about like 1% of the audience. Yeah. Or, you know, and so we're talking about a very small percentage of the people. They all listen, but only 1% has the cojones or the the lack of common sense to call, <laughs> to call the show. Uh, yeah, so, you know, I, I think you hear. I think these polls are showing Republicans who in, say they intend to vote, and maybe they will, and maybe they won't. Democrats are pissed. Yeah, Democrats are not sated. Democrats are hungry and thirsty and mad. And uh, I, I think their enthusiasm, as it's been measured, is more real than what's been measured on the Republican side. By the way, right now the uh, the forecast for the Democrats, according to Nate Silver on the House side, is the uh-huh. largest margin we've seen so far. Uh, the chance of controlling the House, 84.7% for Democrats, 15.3% for Republicans. Take all of uh-huh. that with a grain of salt because uh-huh. you know we, we don't know. We're still three weeks out, and as I said, anything can happen. There can be lots of things that occur between now and then uh, we know how fast these news cycles move so don't take this as reason to be complacent in any stretch no. or in, in any way because this no. uh, does things- he and does he make a call on the senate race or does, does he just do house senate right now is not as promising it's 80 yeah. percent for republicans keeping control 19.1 percent for democrats yeah. winning control yeah. but i think not that- impossible and is i remember the other thing i was going to say and it oh, was okay, about it, it was about heidi heitkamp that you yes. mentioned Thank you, because this, I think, is important. Isn't it beautifully, poetically ironic that control of the U.S. Congress in this election could be decided by Native Americans in North Dakota? Amazing. I, if that happens, because uh, Heidkamp and getting her reelected is key to 
Democrats get in control of the Senate. We don't yep. keep high camp. We have no chance whatsoever. Mm-hmm. So and we, by we, I mean the Democrats. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And <laughs> but, I, but but so isn't it? There's just some beauty about this country being taken from Native Americans, and and in 2018 to have them decide uh, a, an election of national importance at one of the most important points in American history. Yeah, right. And the other thing to bear in mind, too, as we talk about these polls, Buzz, is that the way these pollsters come up with their likely voters list, uh-huh. their likely yeah. voters uh, crosstab, uh-huh. is, it varies, is, is it's based mostly on who voted in the previous election. Right. And, and, and today so he didn't. Yeah. Right, right. And today we heard that there are, I think, 25 million new registered voters this time <laughs> around. 25 million. Taylor, Taylor Swift took care of that. That's a big fucking deal. It's a big, as Sarah Pam likes to say, it's a big darn deal. A big darn deal. And so <laughs> we're hoping that this will continue to, uh, yeah. to grow and, and grow and, and, and grow. And, and, And here's another reason to believe in those uncounted, uh, not usually voters. And and, and the beauty of this part of the story is, who are these people and who are they voting for? They are young. Mm-hmm. They are women. Yep. They are minority. And who are they voting for in these elections? Candidates who are young and women <laughs> and minority. For the first time yep. in, in, in clear memory... Voters can go to the poll and vote for somebody who they feel they can relate to for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we have so many wonderful people from uh, the military and law enforcement running for office for the very first time. These are going to be good public servants. Yeah, These are yeah. going to be good. So this is a very exciting thing to happen. Now that there are people on the ballot who look like us and talk like us and 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 people we can relate to, uh, that plus Trumpism ha- has fired up these people who don't usually vote. And I, I still, yeah, like, as we've been pointing out along the way here, they are not getting counted in the polls that already show uh, a Democratic lead in, in this upcoming election. I'm I'm having trouble containing my excitement here. Yeah. I'm, I- I'm getting a little Steve Kornacki on <laughs> There you go, boy. Once you get to Steve Kornacki level, let's let's hook up some uh, some cables to you. We can power half of the Eastern Seaboard with your energy. I, I I gotta I gotta get the sneakers. Bless his heart. I saw him on. I saw him. It was a side shot of of his entire body on on Rachel. I don't even know if she was there that night. It was a side shot, and and he had on the the uh, a charcoal blazer, and I, I think uh, I, I it was a sort of a maroon and charcoal tie on a light blue shirt. With khaki pants and sneakers, and, and wow. I, wait, I I wouldn't want my Steve Kornacki dressed in any other way. Of course, I just thought it was sort of cute. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Well, it's just by the way, going back to High Camp real quick. Uh, her yeah, odds yeah. have been uh, increased right now. Forecasted Good. vote share right now it's fifty one forty eight in Kevin Kramer's favor over Heidi High Camp. And you know coming. why the Supreme Court this week yeah. ruled against uh, the Native Americans in their attempts to. Uh, vote mm-hmm. shame on them for trying to participate in the uh, <laughs> political process right uh and and so they are mightily pissed and the tribes have all gotten together and and coordinated and uh, are are feverishly working uh, there was an argument up there over whether or not you had to have a street address yeah. and so now uh, they're feverishly running around giving everybody street addresses mm-hmm. uh, that never <laughs> existed before just so they can vote yeah uh, and, but uh, there's a very 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 motivated 
Native American population, which has always made the difference as to whether Heidi Heitkamp got elected in the first place, much less reelected this time. Here are the states to watch out for on the Senate side. This could determine everything. We're talking about Florida here, the uh, the Bill Nelson, Rick Scott race, which is a dead heat basically right now. We're talking about Tennessee. Phil Bredesen has to top Marsha Blackburn in Tennessee. We're talking about uh, Arizona, where uh, uh, Kirsten Cinema should uh, should probably defeat Martha McSally, who's the Republican, but we'll wait and see on that. Nevada Dean Heller is in major trouble there against Jackie Rosen, and of course Heidi Heitkamp. So we're looking at Nevada, North Dakota, Missouri. Did I say Missouri before? Oh, Arizona. No. And Missouri is in there, too, because Claire McCaskill has to so win in four. Missouri. Mm-hmm. Right. And then uh, Florida, too. Uh, right. West there Virginia two- isn't, isn't yeah. too big a deal. West Virginia seems pretty safe for Joe Manchin. So it's those races, and, and depending on how those races go... Uh, for the Democrats, that could mean the, the whole the whole works. For them. Yeah, now that's a handful of races. I understand that it really gets down to like two or three, and and it involves which combination. Yeah. But it can really get down to as few as two or three of of defending those Democratic seats in order to manage this, in order to have a shot at a, a Senate majority. And I know Heitkamp is one of them, and I believe McCaskill is one of them. I've forgotten who the third one is, but uh, there's some. Magic number. Somebody's like the, the end of baseball season, which I also don't understand. <laughs> uh, where a certain combination of events can, uh, uh, you know, result in a Democratic majority in the Senate. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we have to we have to pick up some seats that were once Republican seats, and just in case we lose some that are existing Democratic seats. Because so it could and split if like are, that. And, yeah, and if there are enthusiastic voters who aren't being counted, like the people who don't usually vote, then I think we're in for a treat. Right, right. But calibrate your expectations on the Senate. Because the Senate was always know, going to be a long haul anyway. Oh, I, mean, I know it's a long shot. It's yeah. it's a yeah. It's it's going to require a, sort of a yeah. I, I'm going to end up using a sports analogy and using it incorrectly. So <laughs> it's going to be it's going to be like a last minute save. I'm not going to say hail yeah. Mary because nobody's throwing anything here. It's just uh, you know I I think it's going to be a, a close call. Right, right. So the House the House is looking great for the Democrats. The Senate was never going to be it. I mean, even though the margin is only one or two votes here. Uh, between uh-huh. the uh, the Democrats and the Republicans in the Senate, it's more complicated than that. Yeah, would the Democrats have have a lot more seats to defend yeah. than the Republicans do. The Republicans have to put very little money on the table in this election. The Democrats have to put quite a lot of money on the table. So the side that loses, if if the Democrats lose, they lose pretty big, mm-hmm. and uh, that's that's not good. The, the Republicans could actually increase their majority in the Senate unless y'all go out and vote. And on that subject, one other thing, one other voting motivator. There's a lot of really important uh, ballot questions uh, mm-hmm. this year in in the states across the country on issues like abortion and taxes and renewable energy and and restricting the fossil fuel industry and uh, marijuana legalization. Uh, it, it, unlikely places like Utah are looking at legalizing marijuana recreationally. Uh, and uh, so, if you care about any of those things, yes, uh, whether it's not restricting abortion or or legalizing marijuana or or whatever. You your thing is all the more reason you need to get out and vote on November 6th as if saving the democracy isn't quite motivation enough. Right, right. Well, there is one teeny tiny bit of contravening news here. Uh, Homeland Security is saying that the number of cyber attacks on U.S. election databases is going up. 
ahead of the midterms. Uh, the quote here is, we are aware of a growing volume of cyber activity targeting election infrastructure in 2018, said an intelligence assessment issued by the Cyber Mission Center at DHS. The government does not know who or what is behind the attacks, but none have been successful so far. So, Yeah, you know what is intriguing about this is coincidental to that. Uh, is a report, I don't know if I can pull this up here, that uh, most of the attacks, most of the social media shenanigans this year are coming from what's in the house. Inside uh, the house. They're, they're coming from inside the house. Uh, they're coming from the United States. There are political operatives now in this country who have learned the techniques of the Russians who interfered in last year's election and are using those techniques against their fellow Americans uh, in disinformation campaigns here at home. So I wouldn't be surprised if some of this cyber tampering uh, weren't also being uh, executed by those operatives or their associates. Oh, good Lord. (laughs) Oh, good God. Why is it... Here's what you need to know about doing a show, Bob. Always leave them laughing. (laughs) That's right. Always leave them crapping themselves. That's clearly the case today because... Damn it, damn it, damn it. God damn it. Uh, yeah. this, this is going to be, I, I wish the election were today. I swear to God, I wish it <laughs> yeah, was today. It's I know. Just, it's like it's like it's Christmas is coming. Yeah. You and I are like little kids peeking down the stairway saying, can we run down an open present yet? Uh, you know, I, I'm, uh, we're traveling down to Florida the weekend before the election, which, which time we're going to have uh, dinner with you and your wife and uh, in Florida, and we're going to be just be sitting there ch- like chewing our nails, just chewing our nails down to stubs because last uh, minute. Now this is a last minute strategy meeting, Bob. We're gonna <laughs> that's right. we're gonna figure out our finishing move at this at this dinner. <laughs> we're all going to look like Ray Liotta at the end of uh, Goodfellas, <laughs> oh, avoiding those yeah, helicopters. Let's, let's, let's dress like mobsters. <laughs> Just, as long as I can remember. The sense of sweaty panic is going to be washing over us with a few days to go at that point. So yeah. looking forward Indeed. to it. Indeed. Yeah, uh, me too. We are too. Yeah. All right. So uh, that's it for the show. We skipped over the second commercial break, which is fine. I didn't need to do it anyway. But uh, let's see. We got the postmortem show coming up next. You want to subscribe uh-huh. over at our Patreon page? Just go to bobsuskin.com. Click the all caps Patreon link just beneath the logo, and it'll take you to our Patreon page where you can get all kinds of great bonus content connected to the show. And one of those things is the postmortem show. And what happens is right after this music is done playing, we just keep talking. That's the postmortem show. We talk, we go on for another, uh, I don't know, 10 or 20 minutes and uh, about everything we didn't get to on the, the main part of the show. So if you want all of that great content, go to our Patreon page and support the show for $5 a month. You won't even notice the $5 a month leaving your checking account, I swear to you. Uh, but you can also sign up at different levels and get other bonus content like a commercial-free version of this show. You can also get the After Party show on Fridays. And boy, the After Party was so much fun this past Friday, wasn't it? Did you hear? It was just utterly depressing. As well. <laughs> yeah, you always leave them laughing. Let me, here, let me try this. Bone saw. Ah, there you go. Perfect. Now, now I'm smiling over the, the bone saw. Um, yes. Okay. So that's the uh, that's all the stuff happening on our Patreon page. Buzz Burbank can be heard at buzzburbank.com, also on Sorry. SoundCloud and and iTunes, <laughs> no, and not. on realmnetwork.com. So go and listen to Buzz Bur- Buzz Burbank news and comment, and uh, oh, you can also find it on our uh, on my Facebook page. Take care, folks. Bye bye.